0: Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work.
1: The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the
0: designer and
1: creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open
0: that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in.
1: All right, you guys, I don't know how we have not talked about this before, but at least in my opinion, there is not a whole lot worse than expecting an invoice to be paid from a client and hearing crickets from them. And this seems to be a pretty common struggle in design businesses, but it is so important that you get paid when you expect to for so many reasons, but I feel like this can be tough since most of us are like more creative, more laid back, and maybe a little bit soft-spoken, and it makes chasing someone down for a payment really uncomfortable. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you guys today about getting you paid on time, every time for your projects. I want you to get to where you send an invoice, hopefully, maybe even have it automated and never even have to give it a second thought. The invoice goes out and you don't even have to think about it because you know it's going to get paid. And I promise you it's possible. That's what I've been doing. And we're going to walk through some important steps today.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I say this for literally every single episode. We both say this all the time, but (laughs) I'm actually very excited that we're talking about this topic, Um, specifically because as of recording this, I had a client sort of client for coded creative say hey I need help with something and then it was like I was like okay here's the quote and she's like okay that's perfect and I'm like okay here's the invoice nothing nothing and I hate that so much so I am so excited to hear what kind of tips you have for all of us today
1: yeah, and they're going to be easy. Well, easy to put into place, not always easy to enforce, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. So let's start with step one, which is requiring partial payment to book a project with you. This is the single easiest way to remove the issue of getting clients to pay their invoices. They have to pay before they are even considered a client, which just removes so much of this. So you know, the way you do this just kind of depends. We get a lot of questions on how to structure payments and that, that depends on what you like to do. You can do it in three payments, um, you know, maybe two payments of 25% and one of 50. Is that what you do, Corey, or what you used to do? Um, that's what I
0: did when I was kind of booked out a little bit. So yeah. last year, as of recording this in 2018, um, when I was able to kind of book a couple months out, it was like, okay, let me go on ahead and take 25% and then I would do... right as the project was starting. And then the last 50%.
1: Yeah. So you can, yeah, you can do it that way with three payments. You can do three equal payments, or you can do two payments of 50%. What I do kind of ties in with what Corey just said. And it depends on how far out I'm booked. If I'm booked more than two months in advance, I will break it down into three payments and they pay me 33% to save their spot. That's all that payment gets them is a spot in my calendar. If I'm not booked that far out, I'll do two payments of 50%. Um, But I think that's really important to do. And that way you're not getting to this spot in your calendar that you could have filled with somebody else and your client has gone missing. If they do that, at least you have a non-refundable deposit that they have paid. So that is our first step, start doing this, make it a step in your process. This might feel uncomfortable if you haven't been requiring deposits before, but make it a part of your process, make it really clear and don't question it. If you don't question it, your clients won't either. And it will just become kind of second nature. Step two is to make a clear payment timeline. So along with getting that first payment out of the way right away, you can make things go really smoothly by outlining outlining the schedule for future payments. And then you wanna make it clear absolutely everywhere to the point of it almost being obnoxious. So you want this payment schedule outlined in your intro packet, your proposal, your contract, your welcome packet, your project management software, absolutely Mm -hmm. everywhere your client is learning about how your project works works, they're going to see at least something about this payment schedule. It doesn't have to have exact dates, but like a general idea of what they should expect. I also suggest making your timeline, your payment timeline date-based rather than progress-based. And this actually isn't something I do because I don't have a problem with it. But if you do struggle with getting payments, definitely start doing timeline-based. And this protects you from when your projects get drawn out
0: that is exactly what i was about to point out if you give yourself and your clients this deadline of when the next payment is due even if it's just literally the payment the the last payment before you wrap up the project that is going to keep both of you so much better on track i know in the past I would just be like, well, I can't set timelines because I don't know how long the project is going to take. And of course, the projects took way longer than they needed to take. And I'm working on the project way beyond, you know, what I've been paid for in that first initial invoice or a couple of invoices. So, yeah, I agree with you that setting that actual date is going to help you get paid, but it's also going to help you stay on track. It's
1: so beneficial. Yeah, exactly. Because I want you, to, you guys to think about what happens if the the project never gets completed or what happens if you have a really nitpicky client who insists on adding more and more revision rounds. That payment just gets p- pushed out more and more and you never have a way to like predict how much income you're going to make in a month. It's impossible. It's impossible to run a business and a life if you have no clue how much money you're going to make. So when your invoices are date-based and not based on progress, you get the money the date you expect it no matter what. And if you don't, the project stops, which we'll talk about in a future step here. It's an important thing to note. (laughs) Um, And like Corey mentioned, it keeps your clients more accountable to respond and to give you what you need, since they're going to want to see progress on their project before they fork over a whole bunch of money. They want to know you're actually going to do it. And the only way you can do it is if they answer you. So uh, the timeline based um, invoicing just makes things so much more smooth.
0: Well, and I also want to point out here really quickly for anyone who feels like I really can't do this because, you know, something we may go the full amount of revisions in a project. So, how would I know specifically? Um, Because that's probably a hesitation I would have had in the past. It's okay if you set a date for that invoice being due and then you tell your client, you know what, it's uh, maybe the logo phase went a little bit long. And so, I'm going to adjust our entire project schedule you know, accordingly. If you have to do that, do that. It's not the end of the world, but at least start with those dates. That way you, you can get more comfortable and confident with it. And then like we we're talking about, you can make sure that the project is moving along, that you're getting paid, that everyone is hopefully
1: happy. <laughs> if you do that though, if you adjust your payment timeline, make sure it was your fault. Don't do it yeah. if it's your client's fault because then they could just have a whole bunch of issues so you keep pushing the data out more and more. If it's, yep. I, I always try to own when it's my issue. I'm not going to charge someone a late fee or do anything like that if it was something I did wrong. Um, but be careful of not giving your clients an out in the process. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) So step three is to not deliver the project until the invoice has been paid. And I like... Oh my gosh. (laughs) Seriously, I want to like get up in the mic and like yell (laughs) this one. I have seen a ridiculous number of posts in Facebook groups where a designer finished a project and sent final files or sent website access and they didn't get the final invoice and they're freaking out about it. And this is like a terrible situation. I have anxiety just thinking about it, but it should literally never be a possibility. It should not even be something your clients can do. Never give your clients final deliverables until you have been paid in full. That means final logo files. It means... A new website installed on their hosting. It means, you know, if you made social media templates, they don't get those template files unless you've been paid. Um, If you're someone who does like branding and website design, and maybe in the past you have sent final branding files like before you started the web design phase, consider how you'd feel if the client ghosted you for the rest of the project but started using that new logo everywhere. If you would not be okay with that, it's time to change your process and wait until the end to deliver those files. Your clients will survive if they have to wait another month or two. And as long as it's something they expect up front, they're not going to ask any questions about it. But I know some people like to deliver those branding files right away. So I just wanted to mention that.
0: Yeah, no. And I think that is a really good point. You know, I I hadn't even thought of the fact that some people may send their um, logo files or whatever, you know, midway through the project. If you feel like you have to do that, then add, split up your payments a little bit, add a 25% that or 33% or whatever that has to be due before they get those final files. If you do that, I also want to throw out there, like if you just send those files in the middle of the project, I also want to ask you why But I feel like that's a whole nother podcast episode because I'm a little bit confused why your client would be using their branding before their website is completed. But that's like I said, that's another that's a whole nother questionable podcast episode (laughs) we could do. So let's get back on track here.
1: (laughs) If you're someone that does that, reach out to us. We want to know why and then we could talk Uh, about it. Yes, please. Dean us <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> so just one more thing I want to note here is not to overthink this step. This is another one where if you haven't been operating this way up until now, it might feel weird. If you're used to delivering everything and then getting a final invoice, this might give you a little anxiety. But again, as long as it's built into your process and you don't act like you're questioning it or apologizing for it or whatever, your clients are not going to think anything of it either. That is like a rule I've been living by for the last maybe year or two. If I don't make a big deal out of something, my clients won't either. And that's what I want you to do here. Act like it's normal, which it is, and then you're going to be just fine. Yeah, I
0: think that's something really important to think about too, just because I do think so many of us overthink everything that goes into the way we do stuff, and it doesn't have to be that complicated most of the time, especially in your situation, Krista. I feel like it would be different, but I feel like for designers, a lot of our clients have never worked with a designer before, depending on what your niche is, so they don't know what is quote-unquote normal and what's not normal, so don't make it a thing, and it won't be a thing to them. They won't throw a fit over it.
1: Yep. As long as it's like clear up front, you're going to be just fine. Step four is to simply send automatic payment reminders. So even if your payment timeline is outlined all over the place, like we talked about, you know, your intro packet, welcome packet, contract proposal, whatever, the date could still be missed by your clients. And a lot of times they don't, they don't mean any harm when that happens. They're just busy people who you know, saw this thing, but didn't add it to their calendar or anything. So to avoid it, you want to set up automatic reminders for your invoices. I like to send one reminder two days before an invoice is due, and then another reminder on the due date. So they get a little heads up, they can take care of it if they want to. And then that protects my payment terms, which is they basically don't have time to be late before there's a late fee. Um, my clients also get an extra reminder through Asana because I have a pay invoice task assigned to them to be due on the payment due date. So Asana is sending them reminders you know, as that due date approaches as well, which can be really helpful. I do think it's important, though, even if you do this, to write scripts ahead of time for these, for these invoice reminders and schedule them right at the beginning of a project or use a tool like Dubsado and their workflows feature to have it all taken care of for you so you're not having to jump in, you know, stop working on the project in the middle of it to go do some admin stuff like this or, you don't, or there's no risk of you forgetting. You can have it all set up ahead of time. And to give you an example of how simple these scripts can be, I will read you guys my script for um, the, the reminder that goes out two days before the payment due date. It just says, hey, client name, this is a reminder that a payment of X amount is due on this date for our project together. Let me know if you have any questions. If you're ready to get it taken care of early, here's a link to do so. And that's all it says. That's all it needs to say. So keep it nice and simple. Feel free to use that exact thing if it makes your life easier. But it's important that you send them reminders so that uh, if you do have to reach out to them about a payment being late, they can't use the excuse that they didn't know about it.
0: I actually think this is a really very good idea that I have never tried. And quite honestly, I've never thought of before, (laughs) but sending someone literally a reminder that a payment is due even in two days. That is so nice to know because they can make sure their money is in PayPal. If that's how they're paying you, they can make sure they have money on their debit card. Like seriously, they can get all their ducks in a row before the due date, even if they're only going to pay you, quote unquote, on time, which is not a bad thing. And best case scenario, you get your money earlier. Mm -hmm. So I freaking love this idea. And I wish I actually with my clients that I have now, I may start doing that. So I love that idea.
1: (laughs) Good. I'm glad you like it. Nice and simple, too. Yes. (laughs) All right. So send those automatic reminders, get it set up in Dubsado.com you guys got this. The last step is to, this is the hard one I kind of hinted at earlier, but it's to have late fees and stick to them. Late fees and late consequences, both of them. Uh, In episode 34, we talked about boundaries and how to stick to them. Um, But boundaries related specifically to payments are so important for you to set for yourself and for your clients rather than trying to figure out in the moment what you can do, and then feeling powerless because you didn't say anything about it. Um, Sometimes the automated reminders and the expectations set that we talked about so far might not do the trick. The client might have something come up, or maybe they're just one of those people who is out to make your life difficult. But it's important (laughs) that you have an extra layer of protection, no matter what the reason is. I don't care what the reason is. Um, In your contract and your welcome material, you need to have some kind of consequence that is put into effect if an invoice is late. Uh, For most people, that's going to be a fee, um, but you can do something other things as well. I'll talk to you guys about what I do in a second. But you can make that fee, if that's the route you decide to take, whatever makes sense for you. Some people do a certain percentage for every day a payment is late, like 1% or something like that. And some people do a flat fee. And as for what I do, I do a $150 late fee, even if the invoice is only one day late, and I stop all work on the project. If the project is delayed by three days because of that, I take it off my calendar and they get to pay rescheduling fees after that. My rescheduling fees are 50% of my project cost, so it is not a pretty fee to be hit with, but no one has ever had that problem. So it's a nice thing to have in place.
0: Yeah, and I want to bring up something here, and we've talked about this in other episodes where we've kind of talked about you know consequences of certain things and whatnot. That the difference between being the your work schedule as a developer and the way you schedule your product projects, I should say, um, and even designers, the way you set schedule your projects and how far booked out you are should help you dictate what your late fee is going to be and what these terms are going to be. Mm-hmm. For me, the way I used to work with clients, taking the project off of my calendar, if, a, if the payment is delayed by three days, I like that would have not made any sense for me, but that's because that's how I used to work. If you have clients who are in short timelines and you have them back to back and you're booked out even three months, then it may be beneficial for you to have something pretty strict in there because you need to make sure that project stays on track. Otherwise, you're going to end up with multiple projects all overlapping. And I know a friend of ours right now who is in that situation, or she was um, earlier this summer. And it's, it's a headache. It's very, very stressful. So I did want to like just take a second and do a little bit of a caveat there. If you don't feel like, um, you know, maybe your, your timelines are a little bit looser, you have that built in overflow and you're okay with maybe them being a couple days late, that's, fine. But I definitely think you should have a point where it's like, okay, I'm, we're just going to have to reschedule this all together. That's that and the late fee that they're so important.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think that's a good point too. Uh, Your consequence should be based on the way you work and what you need. So, how inconvenient or stressful is it for you, or how much does it mess with your personal life or your work schedule if someone is late? That's what you should be basing these fees and consequences on. For me, like monetarily, if they're late, like, you know, it's not a huge deal. That's why I do the $150 late fee. That is basically just there to be like, hey, I'm paying attention, there are consequences here's the warning. And my my delay clause in there is really the big one. And that's because like Corey said, if I can't have my projects overlap, I can't handle that now that I have like a daughter and my work time is limited. I can't have two projects going on at the same time. And that's why I am so strict there. If you don't mind projects overlapping, or you don't mind having to do a little night and weekend work to get caught up on a project that's late. That's cool. You don't have to do rescheduling. But like Corey said, there should be a point where you don't have to just sit and wonder when this client is going to show up again. And that's why I say eventually decide what it's going to be for you, but take it off your calendar so you can stop worrying about it. But I'm really glad you brought that up, Corey. Um, And this is another thing, just like our last point where... You want to have a script ready ahead of time for the situation. You don't want to be stressed out, wondering what the heck this client's problem is, and trying to write like a nice professional email that just usually (laughs) doesn't go super well. Uh, So have a script created ahead of time. And as hard as it is to enforce a policy like this, it's so important that you do it. You owe it to yourself and your hard work. To enforce those policies, and if you do everything we've talked about up until this point, there's literally no reason a client should ever be late on an invoice. They know it's coming. They've hired you, knowing what your uh, price is going to be. Like, there's no excuse. So there should be consequences if if they do this. And I have had to um, tack on my late fee, my invoice late fee before for um, the final invoice of a project and it's actually a pretty popular business owner who I was just floored had this problem but she was like you know I think she follows something like profit first where you know she has a very specific amount she's willing to spend each month and she had overspent she's like I'm not paying this invoice till this day I was like all right like whatever like here's the late fee I didn't install her site when I was supposed to or when I was scheduled to she got the late fee and and it happens. so like you just got to do it, and for me, I was like, I don't know, should I do this? Like, she's pretty popular. What if she like ban rolls me? I was like, fine. This was in my contract. It couldn't have been been more clear. She had warnings. You got to do what you got to do, even if it's really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and I cannot agree more. That please do yourselves a favor right now and go on ahead and write a script for yeah. how you'll handle this because. Like you and I and a couple of other of our friends have been in that situation where it's like, (laughs) I'm so mad. All I see is red right now. How do I respond to this person? And literally you have to take like 24 hours to even calm down, let alone try to figure out what to send in an email after that. So yeah, it's really beneficial when you have like tricky client situations to have something pre-written. So even if you've (laughs) never experienced this before, and if you have never had a late, a late payment then that's amazing mm-hmm. but going ahead and write the script anyway because it's bound to happen eventually like you were just pointing out even really really popular business owners
1: still can be late on their payments. Mm -hmm. I was good. As you were talking, I was trying to think of an example of an email I would try to write when I was mad, but we'd have to mark this episode as explicit. so, So I'm not going to, this is why we have to write emails ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh. But to give you guys kind of a recap of these steps, I want you to first start requiring partial payment to book a project then make re- rework your process a little bit or your onboarding material to make clear like a clear payment timeline for clients to follow don't deliver until those invoices have been paid send automated payment reminders and have late fees and stick to them if you want one really your action steps are all those things. But if you're someone who like that's overwhelming to, and you want just one, I think for me, I would really love you guys to figure out what your late consequences are going to look like and get them added to your contract and get that um, script written that we just talked about, because that is going to be the biggest one, because at least it protects you um, until you can get the other pieces of this process set up. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co.
0: If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available.
1: Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.